get your family vehicles ready for summer driving with early Memorial Day deals at Dobbs. Click on GoToDobbs.com for money, saver retire, and service deals today. Dobbs. With 43 locations, real deals are always close by. And Tanner Hendrickson, I'm Brandon Kylie. Alex, when the Cardinals made a trade at the deadline with the Jordan Montgomery deal that ended up sending him down to Texas, they got back in return TK Roby, a starting pitching prospect that everybody seems reasonably high on, but there was one person in particular that had him ranked higher on his list than others that I had seen, and that was over at Fangraph. So right now we go out to the 101 ESPN hotline to be joined by Eric Longenhagen. You can read his work over at Fangraphs.com. You can follow him on Twitter at his last name, Longenhagen, L-O-N-G-E-N-H-A-G-E-N. Eric, we appreciate the time, man. How you doing today? I'm doing well. How's it going? It's a million degrees in the desert still and waiting for that heat to break, but it doesn't seem like it's going to any time soon, so I'm just sort of cooped up in the house still here after the deadline. It's actually like reasonably nice here. It's been raining for the last 24 hours, but we'll take it because it cooled things off. So we we hope that you get something similar out there in the desert. Uh, Eric, I did want to ask you about some of the moves that the Cardinals were able to make at the trade deadline. And let's start with the pitcher that I mentioned, TK Roby. You're really high on him, at least based on the uh, available numbers that we've seen. What makes you so high on TK Roby, the pitcher that the Cardinals got back in the Jordan Montgomery deal? Yeah, I mean, this was a guy who they... You know, the Rangers drafted out of high school and gave, like, just shy of a million to. He got, like, 775K to sign, and uh, that was the 2020 draft. And, you know, there was just weird stuff happening as a result of, you know, the pandemic. Like, some of these guys really broke out on kind of a delay. Uh, and in Roby's case, some of that happened because he was injured for a chunk of 2021, and it wasn't really until last season – into this season when things really took a leap for him. And before he was shut down with another injury this year, this guy's sitting 94-95 with huge riding life and a monster breaking ball, like that two-pitch mix, working the fastball at the letters, and then the curveball off of that is like your modern power pitcher's foundation. Uh, and he's always thrown a ton of strikes. Like, you know, he's a little bit undersized. There's a little bit of mechanical violence happening there. I understand why there are some folks who think there's relief risk here. Uh, but I think, you know, he's got a, a mid-rotation starters four-pitch mix and a strike-throwing track record that indicates he has an opportunity to hit that ceiling if he can just stay healthy. Uh, and so, yeah, I, I, I really like this guy. He's before he got shut down, we were talking about a guy who was within a stone's throw with the big leagues at double A. And so I think he's got a chance to kick down the door next year, assuming he's healthy and, and be in the big. Uh, Eric, I know it's hard to do player comps, but when you look at him and when you see how he goes about his pitching, does he remind you of anybody? Yeah, I mean, it's he really is. And I, and I make the comp uh, in his scouting write-up on the site is that he is like a less physical Hunter Brown. He doesn't have that prototypical 6'3", 6'4", workhorse starter body. You know, he's sort of like a a skinnier 6'1", but absolutely has that, you know, vertical riding fastball at the top of the zone with the breaking ball that plays really nicely off that as, you know, the the foundation of what he's he's doing. And uh, the changeup, I thought, had come along enough this year that that's a third-plus weapon for him as well. And, 
Yeah, just really has that like Houston Astros archetype uh, repertoire and style where, you know, it's all about ripping that fastball past dudes at the letters and, and everything else plays off of that pitch. And so, you know, I, I thought he was, he's very exciting. He's really the, the pitcher in that, you know, from the Rangers org, uh, who Jack Leiter was supposed to be when he was drafted. Uh, it was supposed to look like this. Um, and Roby's like, you know, sort of whizzed past him and is still younger than Leiter. And so I thought, yeah, this is a really good get for, for the Cardinals and, uh, of all the pitchers who moved at the deadline, I thought this, as far as prospects were concerned, you know, that Roby was the most talented one. Eric Longenhang, it is our guest here on 101 ESPN. You can find his work over at Fangraphs. He does great work writing up all of the prospects over there. Uh, Eric, when you look at the returns that the Cardinals were able to get, they focused mostly on pitching, as we just talked about there, with Roby being the highest upside player. They also got a couple of infielders in uh, Prito and Sagase. My so JC, dang it, I was close there. With the infielders that they were able to acquire at the deadline, do either of those guys uh, get you excited about what they could be here in St. Louis? I think they're both. I guess the, the distinction that I would draw there is those two guys are players that you can win with, but they're not going to be guys you win because of. They're pieces that fit nicely together, actually. Like, Prieto is not a very good defensive player. He's all about back-to-ball skills. Uh, super difficult to beat in the zone. This is a guy who, like, you know, broke several Cuban hit streak records, uh, you know, before he defected and came over to the U.S. a few years ago. Uh, really talented left-handed hitter without a ton of power. He's not a very good defender. He just makes a ton of contact uh, from the left side of the plate. And then Stisi is you know, right-handed hitting, playing all over the infield right now is probably not a big league shortstop. My my threshold for, you know, projecting someone as a big league shortstop defender is pretty high, and so I have him more projected second base, third base mix, uh, hitting from the right side. And, and for how skinny Sagifi is, like, he, if you walk past that guy on, on the street, you wouldn't realize that he's a pro baseball player, which isn't sort of a yellow flag for me, I guess, uh, like, these guys do need to have some amount of overt physical talent for me to like really want to project highly on them. Uh, but this guy can hit like he's old school, no batting gloves, his hitting hands are it's a beautiful swing. Uh, the quality of the contact is very precise. So he's, you know, power on contact is surprising for how kind of skinny this guy is in the wrists and the forearms. Uh, and on paper, like it's, it's, Big time barrel rate and lift and like quality of contact when you're looking at his underlying stat casty, you know, minor league metrics, exciting in that, in that, from that standpoint. So I like both these guys some. Uh, I don't think any of them is a plug and play everyday guy, but I do think that they're nice pieces that, especially, you know, in concert together, kind of gives you that raise type of vibe where you have these dudes platooning and being versatile and moving around, allowing your manager to play matchups uh, within a game. Eric, going back to the pitching, we, we talked about Roby and the uh, ceiling for him. The, the the main thing that the Cardinals are searching for for 2024 is pitching help, whether it's in the rotation or bullpen. Do you see any of these arms that they acquired yesterday being pieces that could come out of the bullpen potentially next season for the Cardinals? Yeah, I think, I think between what they got and uh, who is already in the org, that they have a lot of, like, optionable rotation depth that there's like 
you know, every team every year has so many injuries, especially to their pitching staff. And you just need to have enough bodies around to deal with that. Um, are any of these guys like slam dunk late inning relievers? I don't, I don't think so. But I think that as far as like having the potential for depth next year, not only is Semro Bursi, who they got from Toronto in the Hicks deal, and Adam Klossenstein as well came over in that trade. Both those guys are probably going to be put on your 40-man at the end of this season and are likely to debut at some point next year. And then you have the upper-level guys who you, know, you guys know and have heard about, the Gordon Graceffos and stuff of the world, uh, who are also within range. None of these guys is like an impact star-level starter. They just have so many guys, Ian Bedell and you know, even like the Cooper Jerpies, who are more polished than they are like talented. Uh, any of these guys are within range of the big leagues for next year, but I don't know that any of them is going to, you know, none of them is like a rookie of the year candidate or anything like that. So they definitely have more depth on the way than they do star power, but you need that. Like you absolutely need that to be able to compete. And I think within their division, which is one of the weaker ones in baseball, uh, that they'll be in the mix next year, but they're definitely not like light years ahead of, of the rest of this group. Eric, the final question that I've got for you is on a prospect that might legitimately compete for that rookie of the year consideration next year. And I think that's why we haven't seen him yet. And that's Mason Wynn, uh, the young shortstop that's now down in AAA. He's been tearing the cover off the ball over the last few months, really adjusted nicely in a way that honestly, I wasn't sure we were going to see from him at that level. What do you project Mason Wynn to be, and what can we expect from him reasonably whenever he does come up, probably in the next few weeks here in St. Louis? Yeah, I have Wynn projected as like a plug-and-play everyday shortstop. I don't think there's going to be, you know, the fact that he's got 16 bombs already this year is like kind of surprising to me. I don't think there's quite that much power. Like a guy who's tracking to who's on pace for like 25 dingers is probably not really what we're looking at there. He's sort of a smaller guy. But the fact that he's he's the same age as the college kids who just got drafted <laughs> and has performed the way he has at the upper levels of the minors. And you know, he's obviously very, very talented in some in some other ways. But um, yeah, I do think he is the shortstop of the near future. I don't think he's going to be like a Carlos Correa, Bo Bichette type of player, but uh, certainly someone who's going to stabilize that position for the next five, six years for the Cardinals uh, and feel, you know, be in that 10 to 15 range. If we're just lining up all of the shortstops at the big league level uh, over the next five years, I do think that Mason Wynn is a top 10, top 15 player at that position. who's going to make a ton of contact, uh, do some ridiculous stuff with his arm. There, there are people in, in baseball who, especially when Wynn was, here uh, last fall for the Arizona Fall League, and we all got to look at him for six weeks. You know, we're just like, this guy's an unbelievable athlete. I don't know if he's a hitter still. Like, his arm is so tantalizing. The idea that that could be on the mound was still interesting to people at that time. But he's proven it at this point. Uh, so, yeah, I think he's a slam dunk everyday shortstop here for the next half day. Eric, you study this stuff more than anybody else. So I wanted to ask you one follow-up question here, about 30 seconds left. Is there anybody that we didn't ask you about in the Cardinal system that really gets you excited, that has you dreaming about what they could be? Maybe it's next year, maybe it's five years from now. Gosh, that's a good question. Yeah, you know, the, the guy who they signed last international uh Period. Reiner Lopez, who's still like 17 and a half as we're sitting here right now, is like a six foot eight projectable righty who, uh, you know, is like a deep, deep projection arm. 
I, I really like him. I like Leo Bernal, the, the teenage catcher who's uh, been in A-ball this year, just really well-rounded, uh, switch-hitting catcher. I think that Bernal is the guy who, you know, in the lower levels of the system is the one who has a chance to be a primary, you know, everyday hitter at, at, a, at a position here within. Probably going to be a little bit of time just because catchers take a while, but Leo Bernal is the name that Cardinals fans should be following at the bottom of the system. You can read Eric Long and Hagen's work over at Fangraphs.com. Eric, we appreciate the time today, man. You bust your ass over at Fangraphs, and we appreciate you being able to break some of this down for us here on BK and Ferrario. Thanks for having me, guys, anytime.